February 23rd. And now as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Mark, chapter 6, verses 30 through 56. The servant cannot rest. God's servants become weary as they work and must care for the body. But when you have a compassionate heart, you will not have an idle hand. Our Lord interrupted his vacation to meet the needs of the people. He need not interrupt anything today because caring for us is his constant ministry. The servant cannot pray. After such a demanding time of ministry, Jesus had to go apart to pray. But once again, he was interrupted this time by the plight of his disciples in the midst of the sea. And it was the disciples who were amazed. Jesus intercedes for you and knows your situation. He will come to you, care for you, and lead you into his peace. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. February 23rd, Mark chapter 6. Verses 30 through 56. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and what they had taught. Then Jesus said, Let's get away from the crowds for a while and rest. There were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. They left by boat for a quieter spot, but many people saw them leaving and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and met them as they landed. A vast crowd was there as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he taught them many things. Late in the afternoon his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and it is getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy themselves some food. But Jesus said, You feed them. With what? they asked. It would take a small fortune to buy food for all this crowd. How much food do you have? he asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, We have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the crowd to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat in groups of fifty or a hundred. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and asked God's blessing on the food. Breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples to give to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted and they picked up twelve baskets of leftover bread and fish. Five thousand men had eaten from those five loaves. Immediately after this, Jesus made his disciples get back into the boat and head out across the lake to Bethsaida, while he sent the people home. Afterward, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. During the night, the disciples were in their boat out in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, he came to them walking on the water. He started to go past them, 
But when they saw him walking on the water, they screamed in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. It's all right, he said. I am here. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were astonished at what they saw. They still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the multiplied loaves, for their hearts were hard, and they did not believe. When they arrived at Gennesaret on the other side of the lake, they anchored the boat and climbed out. The people standing there recognized him at once, and they ran throughout the whole area and began carrying sick people to him on mats. Wherever he went, in villages and cities, and out on the farms, they laid the sick in the market plazas and streets. The sick begged him to let them at least touch the fringe of his robe, and all who touched it were healed. There's a kind of pilgrimage underway. Politicians, moguls, true believers, all flocking to North Carolina to honor a towering figure in American faith, the man known as America's pastor, the Reverend Billy Graham. He turns 95 today, and so he gave his followers a kind of birthday gift. Here's ABC's Dan Harris. No man cometh to the Father but by me. The preacher seems a little slower these days, but his final message to America still clear as a bell. Our country's in great need of a spiritual awakening. Well, there have been times that I've wept as I've gone from city to city and I've seen how far people have wandered from God. This final sermon was shot over the past year in Billy Graham's mountaintop home in North Carolina. Here he is in his favorite chair with his dog by his side. This son of dairy farmers ministered to every president since Truman and brought the gospel directly into America's living rooms. But in private, he is a surprisingly humble man, married to the same woman, Ruth, for more than 60 years. She died in 2007. The Grams spoke with Diane in 1992. You know what his favorite meal is? A can of Vienna sausages, a can of cold tomatoes, and a can of um, baked beans, all cold, dumped on a plate. His favorite meal. A man like that, you know, has to be what right a good man. <laughs> Throughout his life, it's been the gospel that has sustained him. Is there one passage in the scripture or one part of a hymn that never fails to make you feel great? What a friend we have in Jesus. That was Eisenhower's favorite hymn, and it's my favorite hymn. And today, on this video, what may be Billy Graham's final public prayer. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Very direct in this final message, arguing that America is in spiritual peril, but that there is hope in the form of the gospel. It's remarkable. Here's a man who's seen so much change over the course of his very public ministry, but his core message has not changed one bit, Diane. And his family, is it calling the final sermon? Yes, they are, the final sermon. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 10. We'll read here about waiting. While experiencing trials at the hands of his enemies, David asked God for help, but the answer did not come immediately. Kind of like when you and I pray, right? 
The answer comes, but sometimes, a lot of times, not immediately. Well, he waited, and then God worked. Make room for God, and make room for God's timing. And what a change took place. David went from a pit to a highway, from miry clay to a rock, and from crying to singing. And in this passage of Scripture, Psalm 40 will read about witnessing. When God does a great thing for you, share it with others. God's works and thoughts ought to be a part of your daily conversation. Share the good news by what you say and do. God can use your witness to bring others to Himself. Psalm chapter 40, verses 1 through 10. For the choir director, a Psalm of David. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what He has done and be astounded. They will put their trust in the Lord. Oh, the joys of those who trust the Lord, who have no confidence in the proud, or in those who worship idols. O Lord my God, you've done many miracles for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. If I try to recite all your wonderful deeds, I would never come to the end of them. You take no delight in sacrifices or offerings. Now that you have made me listen, I finally understand. You don't require burnt offerings or sin offerings. Then I said, Look, I have come, and this has been written about me in your scroll. I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your law is written on my heart. I have told all your people about your justice. I have not been afraid to speak out, as you, O Lord, well know. I have not kept this good news hidden in my heart. I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. Proverbs chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. The words of the godly lead to life. Evil people cover up their harmful intentions. Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love covers all offenses.